Hello and welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host Victoria Smith and today on the podcast we have another return guest. This doesn't happen a lot that I have people back on the podcast, but I was super excited to invite Kate Flanders back. So if you have been with the podcast for a while, if you've been listening for a while, you may be scrolling back to, I want to say 2018, when we had Kate Flanders on to talk about her book, A Year of Less. Now, A Year of Less was about how Kate really restricted her spending and really only spent it on the things that absolutely mattered, that she absolutely had to so that she could get her finances in order. And it taught her a lot about minimalism. It taught her a lot about the things that matter in life. And her newest book, Adventures and Opting Out, is really a progression on that. I absolutely adored the copy of the book. And like full disclosure from, um, I guess from a disclosure standpoint, I, I did get a free copy of the book, but I have absolutely adored it. Here's what I enjoyed about what Kate and I discussed both with the book and in this conversation is there are so many societal norms that we feel at any stage of life, right? We feel we should be doing this. We feel such a thing is socially acceptable that if we if we stray from the norm, we'll be viewed as odd or strange. Um, we might be judged for it. Like there's a lot of that that goes on. And Adventures and Opting Out is where Kate shares the various ways in which she has opted out, the various ways in which uh, many of her network have opted out from sort of traditional paths in life, whether it whether it's not having kids, whether it's being a vegan, whether it's traveling full time, whatever that looks like. And I found myself very much going, you know, there's a lot of things I want to opt out of in 2021. So we have a discussion about how you can opt out as an alternative New Year's resolution or 2021 resolution. Now, I loved the book so much that I'm going to be giving away a copy of Kate's newest book. I'm going to be giving away a copy over on my Instagram. So head to at stresslessladies on Instagram to participate in the giveaway. It's going to be uh, fantastic and I'm so excited for whoever receives a copy of this book. It is fabulous. Okay, so without further ado, let's head into the interview with Kate. Well, thank you, Kate, for rejoining the Girl Tries Life podcast. We're so proud to have you back and excited. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice to reconnect, I'd say, especially during all of this. <laughs> right. During these wild pandemic times that we're experiencing. Yeah. So last time we talked to you, you were actually just about to go on this trip that you cover in your new book. Am I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm trying to remember exactly when we talked, but I like certainly since the year of less came out, I've been over to Europe, well, I guess three times technically. But yeah, in, in 2019 sort of made the decision to attempt to travel full time, which obviously looks different now, but that was what I was doing at the beginning of 2019. And you cover a lot of that in your new book, Adventures in Opting Out, a field guide to leading an, event, an intentional life. And it wasn't all like sunshine and rainbows. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, it would be absolutely incredible to travel full time. But it's, it's a real thing, right? Like it's you're living your life, but in a different place. So what was, I mean, big question, small answer, but like what was that experience like? Yeah, no, you're definitely right. It was not that it was perfectly 
or it just didn't go perfectly to plan, I guess. And it, you're, you certainly, I mean, I've learned this from a lot of travel over the years, but you will always bring yourself with you wherever you go. I think that the difference for me that year compared to sort of the way I'd traveled before, where maybe at, at maximum I would do a big trip that was like six or so weeks. The thought of going full time, I really didn't have like a sense of how to actually plan for that. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of, you know, made all these decisions in the very beginning, like, well, I'll just go over there. Like I went over to the UK and I had, you know, about a month figured out where I knew a couple places I was staying, a friend I was staying in with within one city and just thought, you know, if I can figure out my first month, like once I'm over there, then I'll book things and sort it all out. And I also had this thought that it would be cool to maybe go to a new city like every month, like try, try one city for a month and see how it went. So I flew over there with that. And within, I'm going to say about four weeks, I knew that things were heading like in the wrong direction very quickly. Suddenly sort of all the budgeting that I had done beforehand and the places that I had been looking at beforehand that seemed affordable just no longer seemed to exist. I could just, I just could not find anything within my budget. I then was like thinking maybe I'll go to other cities. And like, then I was just trying to figure out, you know, what was affordable. And I just went down this massive rabbit hole of, of sort of, I don't know, like, I think it's so hard because when you're in a position where you've said that you're going to do something and like have literally told everyone or told at least your your family and closest friends is what you're doing there's like this added pressure that you need to figure it out or else you're going to go home and you're going to have to deal mm-hmm. with whatever people have to say about it but when i like end of the day i sort of was doing these frantic searches with friends and everyone's trying to like help me find affordable places and Ultimately, I I couldn't seem to just pick anything. And I just thought, this is just not working. Like, I'm not even enjoying myself while I'm over here because all I'm doing is staring at my computer all day, not finding things. And then at night, I continue to stress out about the fact that I can't find affordable places. And I have got to come up with a different option. And ultimately, um, even looking back, I I kind of yeah, I don't have regrets, but I kind of wish I hadn't picked this option in some ways, but ultimately I decided to come back home and sort of reassess the whole plan, like of what I was doing and told myself I would not, I had actual anxiety about that a little bit. I uh, definitely think for me around travel was I had this concern that what if I didn't like it? Like what if I didn't like the place that I was, which is one of the things that helped, helped me back from booking rather than understanding the time passes anyways Mm -hmm. and like you can figure things out but it was it was certainly one of the things that was holding me back but I I just said like I'm actually gonna have to do it that way like I'm gonna have to do it in a way where things are planned for me mostly because it's actually a lot more supportive of my mental health Mm -hmm. I get really anxious when I don't have things planned in terms of like a place to stay not travel plans but literally just where am I staying next week I'm actually not the person I figured out on that trip 
I'm not the person who can sort of be spontaneous and and just like book and end up somewhere new. I'm like, no, I actually just want to sort of have that part covered so that I can enjoy the rest of my time there. Understandable for sure. And I, I realized I got a little bit of my, ahead of myself here. So I want to give the listeners who don't know you, although I'm sure many mm. of them are coming here knowing you already, a little bit of context. So Adventures and Opting Out is you sharing not just this traveling full-time, but all of the different areas in your life where you've sort of opted out of what is deemed a traditional path, right? So traveling full-time is not, you know, the traditional path. And, you know, you talk about quitting drinking and, and making different choices in your relationship. Mm. And I, I think it's such an important message that we've almost always needed, but it's so much more important now that we have more pressures on us than ever with COVID and tight finances and everything. Opting out in general, though, seems to come with its own pressures of like feeling socially un unacceptable, right? Mm. So A, why do you think that is? And B, how do you how do you think we can counteract that? Yeah, well, I think, like, first of all, opting out can look so different or it just can come in so many different forms. And so for me, I describe it as like sort of changing paths in your life. And it could be very small. It could be going from, I don't know, a meat eater to a vegetarian or, or the other direction, like deciding to eat meat. It could be big. It could be uh, making a massive career change that maybe you didn't expect, but you're family or friends really didn't expect. Moving, like traveling are certainly options. I think just it can look, yeah, so many different ways. But the reason, sadly, I think that it seems socially unacceptable is that we just seem to want, like not only is there sort of expectation from the people who raised you and the people that you're surrounded by to sort of continue to fit in right like we might have actual expectations from our family but even just in general like we have there's these like expectations like unspoken expectations sometimes of of this is sort of the rules these are the things that we live by and when you decide to do it differently that people can just be really hurtful about it or they can take it personally get defensive almost so I think that there's some of that. I think the other piece is that we we really, we I think it's like all of us, because I, I certainly still find myself doing this and then I, I constantly have to talk myself out of it, is that we almost just like put people in boxes and then figure out this is how we communicate or like connect with that person. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they change, we do not know what to do. <laughs> And it's like, well, but you're this person and we talk about these things and this is the stuff we connect on and this is how I would introduce you to somebody. And then when you say you're doing something different, people are like, well, who are you now? <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to relate to you anymore. And uh, of course, I, I can laugh about this a lot now, but it's, that's really hard. It's um, hard when people people's first responses to things are often either throwing your past back at you, like, oh, but you said you'd never do X, Y, or Z, and now you've decided to do it. Or don't you remember when you tried that another time and you failed at it? Ugh. 
there's a there's a lot of that like that's really hurtful it actually doesn't matter how big or small the change is that you're thinking of making that stuff is hurtful yeah and and so it's it's hard to receive that when you're the person who's making a change but it's it is also hard for us to stop doing it like because it is such a uh i don't know it's just like a behavior that is ingrained in us that we we identify everybody as something and the minute they make a shift we seem to be very confused about what to do rather than just giving everybody the like permission and the grace to constantly make whatever decision is right for you we just we don't seem to know how to do that so if you are the person who's making the change and quite frankly it's other people that are having the problem categorizing you like what did you do to counteract that or did you kind of just decide this isn't my problem <laughs> mm. yeah no I think it's been really like different with every maybe relationship but also just different as time has gone on because I can say certain things that I do now but the, it it's taken years of sort of making these different choices to get here right so it's like what I would do now would make it sound kind of really simple but the reality is like in the early days it really hurt my feelings it definitely made me sort of pull back from certain people if I didn't feel like they could see me or hear me and understand me or even just accept me. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I, I had relationships that not only changed, but like friendships that I lost. That, those are like the harder things to say, but it also is, it feels really important to be honest about those things, not only because it's real life, but because it, it's, I don't know, it's just, like almost more important to prepare people for the fact that this is the stuff that's going to come up mm -hmm. and it's going to come up in life anyways, right? Like no matter what you're doing, like even if you're not sort of changing your life in some way, you will always lose a relationship here and there. You will never make everything work forever. But yeah, I just think like we need to have more conversations around stuff like that and just say that it's not always going to be easy and things will hurt or people will say things whether or not they, they mean to hurt you, which is, I still don't think is often true. But yeah, so like now I've definitely um, shifted to understanding, first of all, my, my perspective is very different. And I can see that most of the time, people can only see sort of as far for you as they see for themselves. Mm. And so, which just boils down to like, they're projecting, right? Like they're projecting their own concerns, their own fears, their own reasons for why they wouldn't do something or that, or say you've started something and it hasn't worked out. Like you've tried to change something and it didn't work out. Even shame, shame that comes from people. I don't genuinely believe is often meant to make you feel bad. It's meant instead to sort of bring you back to them, which is so wild that that is a tactic that we use but it's sort of like, oh, you failed. Oh, yeah. Well, it was probably always like never going to work out. It was, you know, too much and no problem. Like, just kind of come back to me, come back to us. Like, you're safe here. Well, and also them feeling like they, they're right. Even if, like, if, yeah. like, that they, you know, if they thought it was too wild a thing and you've just validated their opinion, right? Even, oh, even though yeah. you can try again. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I mean, those are always my thoughts now, <laughs> like yeah. fig figure out what didn't work and try again. But yeah, so now I get have the perspective more. So when people say things I can go, okay, like, does that even feel true for me? Yeah. Most of the time? Nope. 
and so you move on like it, you just can let it go and and the other stuff is still true like I still have to sometimes change my boundaries within relationships maybe I don't talk to unsupportive people about things that I need support on like they're just not the people that I go to and that's okay that's okay well and it strikes me that opting out in whatever area of your life is all about getting closer and closer and closer to your values and aligning your life to your values Mm. but I think so many of us don't know what our values are right like you're saying you know the people that raised us give a certain impression the workplaces that we're in the relationships that we're in and so to make a big shift I think a lot of people struggle because we've got sunk costs right Mm. we've been in this relationship for years we've um been doing this job we're waiting for that promotion it feels like a big risk to be an entrepreneur or like recently in my life we're like we love the house that we live in in Calgary and we've spent so much time making it our home and oh are we really about to move across provinces in a matter of making a decision in weeks right like so sunk costs I think play a huge factor so what what advice do you have for people who are kind of weighing the well, I've been doing this this way for so long. It feels big to make that shift. Yeah, no, I think I also just love that you used like the sunk cost metaphor because I used to obviously talk about personal finance a lot back (laughs) in the days. And the reality actually is just, I would almost say exactly what I would say about money, which is so um, sunk cost, say from a financial point of view is, is saying, you know, you've been actually even from something like maybe decluttering or getting rid of things that you don't want to own anymore, there's this concern like, oh, well, I spent the money on it once. So like, I shouldn't get rid of it. And the reality is you, the money's already gone. And so for me, what I think of with opting out and sunk costs is that you've already lived, I look at it more like you've already lived out this life. You've lived out this other choice that you were doing before. And to me, it's almost like an opportunity cost instead, which is like you have lived it this way and you seem to still be looking for something different or you seem to like, seems like there's a change that you want to make. What is the cost if you don't do it? Because the reality is, and I think this year, especially at least for those of us who haven't been too severely impacted by the pandemic, like there's a real clarity that's coming out of this year of things that are working for us and are not working for us and changes that we want to make. And maybe we can't make them all yet, or we don't even know exactly what they are yet. But I do think that there's this moment of, as cliche as it could sound, like we do only get to do this once. Mm -hmm. And so what is the, like, I look at it more as like, what is the cost if you don't try? Like, are you always going to sit and wonder? Are you, are you always going to look back and go, I wonder what would have happened if I'd taken that? Because opportunities come up at us or come up to us like all the time. And we're constantly making decisions like, yes, no, yes, no. I'm prioritizing this, which means I can't prioritize that. And yeah, like if you don't do it, like if it's something that you really want to change, I just think we get to this point where it's almost too painful to not make the change. Mm -hmm. And then you have to do it. Oh, I love that switching it from the sunk cost to the opportunity cost, because you're right, like it's, and it's, I think the only, like the biggest thing holding us back is the fear and uncertainty, right? Because we don't like sitting in uncomfortable spaces, right? Like we don't, we don't like that. 
but we got no, I don't like that. Muscle. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that anyone wants that. And the only thing I can speak to about fear at this point is that because it is the thing that stops me from every single opt out before I eventually do it. Right. I have all these concerns of what's going to happen or what I'm going to like, what it could mess up, what it could take away from me. And the only thing I've ever figured out in the past, I don't know, eight to 10 years of making choices that are more difficult or scarier is that yes, sometimes scary things come up and it is never as bad as what my worst fear was. Yeah. So if I can like emotionally prepare for my worst fear to come true, it's almost never, ever even as close to as bad as that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love in the book how you are really using this metaphor of sort of, you know, hiking and going on this big hike for and comparing it to what it's like to opt out and the sort of steps along the way. And you talk about what to do when you're completely lost in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's been going really well and then you have to stop in the acronym STOP. And so for people who are on the path of opting out to something, maybe it's off to a great start. You've had some quick wins. It's awesome. And then like, shit hits the fan or whatever it is and all of a sudden you hit that bump in the road can you talk us through what stop is and how people can sort of get back on track yeah yeah I think you're right it's either that something bad happens or something comes in that totally like it just throws you for a loop in some way and you're not sure how to navigate it I also think that it happens like sometimes it's really subtle and it's almost like the further you go or the more time you've spent in this opt out, you start to recognize that like you're moving further and further away from the way that you were living, including maybe the people that you were most connected with. And it's almost like this period where it's, it's like a little isolating, it becomes a little confusing, like you're not you almost forget what you are working towards because you're it's it is becoming so different than what you were doing whether it was a month or six months or a year ago like it's just starting to get to this place of oh right like I'm this is really happening now and like I actually don't know what I'm supposed to do here so the stop analogy it's it's I wish I could accredit it to someone or something but it's just really well known sort of in the outdoor space it is used for if you physically got lost in the outdoors and it literally just means like S means stop, T means think, O means observe, and P is coming up with a plan. So with opting out, if you are getting to that place where you really don't know whether it's like, yeah, how to move forward or um, you almost... Like for me, sometimes it comes up if I like lose sight of what I'm actually working towards, then, uh, and, and very specifically with travel, because I found myself in this constant loop every day of like trying to find a place, but not getting anywhere. And my anxiety just started going up because of that. Eventually I got to the place where I was like, I just have to not look for places for a couple of days and, and just like sit with myself and, and just trust like I'm okay like I don't need to take action in this exact moment just kind of live live out regular daily life don't sort of stress yourself out to take action like don't spiral just sort of do normal things like 
cook and live and work and and all of that go to sleep like get a good night of sleep think for me is often checking in with myself on what my like original intention or goal was and sometimes it's literally just reminding myself like over and over again like this is the reason I'm doing this this is like this is a choice that I want to live out and it's almost just like a pep talk in a way and like just sitting there and making sure and also checking in though like it, was that an original intention like does that even still feel true for you or like something you do want to live out because the, the reality here is like this could be a spot where you decide you don't want to continue and actually it's not working or you've done enough and you're like actually this is just not the choice for me I'm glad I tried it but it's not the right choice and so taking some time to actually sort of think and reflect on that mm-hmm. is important observing I mean in the outdoors it's different it's very much like paying attention to your surroundings trying to figure out like if you can navigate back based on like things that might be recognizable from from the way in but for me observing is like with opting out is really checking in on how I'm feeling about it right now like how how is this opt out uh, benefiting me have there been any negatives Do my values still feel aligned here? Uh, Has anything shifted? Like what's feeling good? What's feeling bad? Does anything need to shift from there? And then plan for for both of them is literally just that, like coming up with a plan for how to move forward because it might be different. It It might be that how you've been doing it does need to be shifted a little bit. And that that's okay. Uh, it, uh, your plan could also be that you are done, like you're done trying and it's just not working. And actually like that is what happened with me with travel was that, like I said at the beginning, that was the moment where I was like, this is just not working. I'm going to go home and I'm going to like learn from this and figure this out because I literally don't know what to do here. And that it's not a failure, right? I tried that. Now I'm going to reassess. And and you did end up traveling again, right? Like it's sometimes it's the bump in the road. You take a pause and and you get back on the track that you want to be. And other times it's a purposeful and like intentional choice, right? Yeah, yes. And I actually think I mentioned this in the book. My friend Nicole Antoinette has talked about this before, the idea that we are for some reason, very uncomfortable with the idea of failure, like uh, both for ourselves, but also like in granting it to other people as though failure, like we don't give people permission to fail gracefully. Mm -hmm. And so I actually think like in a way, and I say this in the book, like in a way I did fail because I had left in March of 2019 and said, cool guys, see you in November. (laughs) See you, see you for the holidays yeah and I was home six or seven weeks later yeah and so in a way that is a failure and that is something for really only me to sit with it's not on anybody else to deal with but to what I think is so important is in it failing or in the plan not working taking that truly as a learning opportunity because it's so easy to either self-sabotage or if you've failed, it's so easy to just like get sucked into a cycle of shame after that. And then we just give up on what we actually want and completely talk ourselves out of it when the reality is like, it, it was very, I could have come home and just felt like a failure and, and all of that. But it was really important for me to come home, sit with the hard feelings of that because it, it does not feel good to have to change your plans. Mm-hmm. 
especially when it's something you want. Like it's not, it doesn't feel good, but it was really important for me to like not only work through that, but then learn from it and come up with, okay, what, what needs to happen differently so that that doesn't happen again the next time I try. Yeah. So the podcast is called Girl Tries Life. And I think you and I discussed this last time, like the, the importance of trying is mm. why, like, it's so important for me. Is it okay with you if I read a couple paragraphs from your book right now? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So these two, like I literally folded the page. I think the second I, it's on page seven for anyone who can, for, for anyone who's going to pick it up and, and go back to that paragraph, these paragraphs, but it just, I practically lifted up the book and went, yes, this, this is exactly it. Mm. So I'm just going to read this section quick. We keep ourselves busy and do anything we can to avoid seeing the signs that are trying to point us in a different direction, which means we are ignoring our truths and not speaking up for ourselves around others, and it hurts us. It hurts our chances of fully understanding who we are and becoming more ourselves, and it hurts other people's chances of getting to know us and our chances of connecting with the world in a deep and meaningful way, all because we are too afraid to try. But therein lies the solution, the word try. What if you gave yourself permission to simply try going down the new path? To not pressure yourself to reach a specific goal, which only leads to the conclusion that you will either pass or fail, but to just try something new. What if you gave yourself the grace to stumble and make mistakes? To not have to do something right or perfectly, but to face the challenges, see what you're capable of, and discover who you will be on the other side? What if you let yourself change direction partway through, or change your mind and stop whenever you wanted or needed to? What if you didn't feel as though you had to stick to this decision for the rest of your life? What if you could go on an adventure and opting out? Hmm. I literally read that, like I said, page seven, not very far in, and I was just like, yes! <laughs> All of this, yes! Yeah. And I, like want to thank you for writing for writing this like that I know I needed this book at this particular time in my life and I know so many others will as well mm. I mean thank you for that it's um there's it, like I go further in that in the introduction and talk about like how trying is not natural for me right like I have I have to try very hard to try new things <laughs> yeah. it's it is not natural for me and I'm still uncovering like layers and layers of sort of why that is like why I was afraid to try new things as a kid why I always held myself back from things there's there's so much more than I could have ever even put in that book and like mm. but it's it's something that actually I think I think maybe I said this with you on the first episode we did together I can't remember but I, something I'm recognizing more and more these days is that I do actually have one role model for trying, which is my dad, like my stepdad, but my dad, he's someone who he's just always willing to learn. Like he's always interested in learning new things and big things. Like he can decide that he needs to do this huge project on the house and he'll just be like, okay, I'm buying a code on or a book on building codes. I'm doing this. I'm learning these things. I'll just get it done. And I'm sitting here being like, who are you? <laughs> who just decides that they can tackle that? 
and and he'll make a mess of it sometimes and he'll be like mad that he messed something up and and then he learns and moves on like I'm like oh I actually have had this there all the all these years and I just didn't really notice it yeah but it's yeah so just to say it's not natural to me but I'm I'm glad that even even if it's not happening till my 30s I'm glad that I'm trying to just be more open to it now well and saying not happening till your 30s like you now you've got more than half your life left to like to to I mean you know all things going well to keep doing this right to keep trying and iterating and, and figuring out that path well and that's a I love that point because I say this right towards the end of the book but I truly do not have uh that sense in me of sort of wanting to settle in one place and live one way for a period of time I just is not there and and that's not always easy maybe for people to say put me in a box and label me as <laughs> but I'm like I do hope that I I maintain this kind of curiosity and sense of wonder and that I let myself explore it and ultimately take like many paths in life like I just think it'll be so cool to like you said, if I'm 70, 80 years old and get to say all sort of the different lives that I lived in the one life that I got to live. Oh, I love it so much. (laughs) Okay, I'm curious. We're approaching, well, when this episode comes out, it will already be January, but as we record it, it's December 4th. You and I both know we're about to get a ton of like social media, media in general, like make your New Year's resolutions. And so much of that is about doing more, either doing more, making yourself physically smaller, like it's all that kind of stuff. And yet, as I read your book, I was like, man, I like the idea of like a reverse resolution. So instead of doing this, I'm going to opt out of this Mm. in 2021. How does that idea sit with you? (laughs) Oh, I no, I like that a lot. It also... Like it makes me think the resolutions people could be coming up with are like, how can I listen to myself more this year? Mm-hmm. How can I trust myself more this year? And that to me would probably result in people making happier and healthier and more like sustainable choices. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I love that because it's, I, I find and actually too, like I have, I have this thought on resolutions. I often think like most of the time, the reason that they don't work is because you're not setting it for who you are and what you really need. I think people are often setting goals that they just see other people setting. And well, it's socially acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And yeah, I just wonder what, what could people, like if you knew like what you needed right now or if you even if your commitment was just like I'm just gonna yeah listen to myself more and like trust that I know what's right for me that sounds like a great resolution (laughs) I love it hard to measure hard to figure out like the the path but you know what it feels like right Mm. so if you that's what I always say about like people's goal setting or resolutions like how do you actually want to feel because then you'll know if it is more in alignment with what you want who you want to be right Oh, I I love that also as a journaling practice, writing about something as though it's already happened and how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything you're planning to opt out of in 2021? Um, 
Well, I'll joke and say, hopefully I can opt out of being home and I can travel. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) But that's a joke. But I hope that that's true. (laughs) Bring on the vaccine, people. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I would say that, I don't know if it's an opt-out per se, but something that I am going to do and starting in January is I'm actually, because of COVID, I always look at these teeny little silver linings. Because of COVID, in Canada anyways, university is online now and will be for probably quite some time. And so I actually um, applied and I'm going back to school for just two classes. But I have this this thought that has sort of come up this year around, you know, if I could do, if I, if I wanted to do something else later in life, what would it be? Like as a career, say in my forties, what would I want that to be? And I just thought I'll take a baby step and take a couple classes and see what I even feel mm-hmm. about going back to school. Like see, see how that feels see what it's like to add that to my schedule. And I'm only going to do two because then I can still also write and do other things. But yeah, so I don't know if it's an opt-out. It's just sort of, it it could be depending on where it goes. What are the classes? I'm just taking early psych classes at UVic. Oh, I loved early psychology classes. (laughs) They were my, I did a marketing degree and they were my favorite classes I ever took. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm very, people keep saying that. Everyone keeps saying, I think you're really going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this thought that uh, 40 something Kate might be interested in being a counselor. Mm-hmm. And, and if that is true though, I would need to get a master's and I have, I have an undergrad, but it's in communications. And to, in order to take some of the prereqs for your master's, I have to have some of the early site classes. So I just thought, let's just try a couple and you know, maybe maybe I'll take two and be like, that was good enough. <laughs> Do you know what? Doesn't this concept, though, of trying a couple classes and combining with the year of less make so much more sense for kids who are graduating high school? Oh, right? my gosh. Like, I don't know about you, but I did two years of a degree that I did nothing with and then switched tracks and then did a different degree. And it's like all that money. Mm-hmm. wasted not wasted because you know you learn stuff and all that but like yeah <laughs> how, how I could how it could have been better spent if I had tried some things first right and felt if I liked them or not because you know pretty quick oh a hundred percent and I think that I, I mean I I don't think I'll ever have kids but I if I did it would be really important for me to not pressure them to go to school right away mm-hmm. or being very open. Like, of course, if you want to go to school, great. But, but I'm so, I'm so grateful now, you know, I didn't start traveling till my late twenties, but I'm so grateful that I've had those experiences that I've uh, written on the side that I've had other jobs that weren't related to anything that I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm so grateful for all of it because it has all helped inform uh, me of what what I like and what I don't like in a way that high school does not. High school taught me that I was okay at some things <laughs> and, and could take many paths and I had zero interests and no hobbies. I also as a kid like some kids it's so obvious what they're gonna do. My brother is an engineer as an example and that makes sense looking back <laughs> at who he was as a child. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like engineers are destined to be engineers probably. Yeah. 
and uh but i'm like i i just didn't have any any major interests although i joke now with my dad i'm like the only thing i was good at was reading books so <laughs> it sort of makes sense that i'm a writer <laughs> yeah so you've kind of already answered the last question that i was going to ask but what does life look like for you right now you're you're going to go back to school for a couple courses you're writing what are you writing hmm well i don't know that it's going to ever be anything but i'm <laughs> toying with fiction Ooh, exciting <laughs> and again I guess that's like a trying thing I'm looking at it right now as more of a like a creative outlet that no one needs to read right now yeah if that makes sense the way some people might take a painting class or pottery class or something I'm like I'll just play around with fiction and probably no one will ever read it but it's nice to have a different challenge yeah and yeah, and just kind of like thinking about what's next, but uh, I'm trying to enjoy this before, like I've got these like last few weeks sort of before going back to school and I'm sure I'll have papers to write then mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So I'm just trying to have like something creative that's fun yeah, and not work yet. <laughs> well, Kate, it was always such an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast you're one of my favorite people to talk to so Aww. thank you so much for joining me thank you that's so nice to hear and just this was so nice i'm so glad that we got to do this mm -hmm.